This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 438 of Horse Tip Daily, a different horse tip, a different equine topic, a different equestrian expert every day. Horse Tip Daily brings the world of equine knowledge to you one day at a time. Today's tip is sponsored by Equestrian Collections. Visit them for all of your shopping needs at equestriancollections.com. Howdy, everybody. This is Glenn the Geek from Lexington, Kentucky, back with you here on Horse Tip Daily. Well, today we have back with us Linda Houck. She's the owner of Tapestry Equine Services and has been passionate about eventing and thoroughbreds for as long as she has ridden. In 1983, Linda was a member of the Junior Ontario three-day event team, and in 84, she received her A-level in Pony Club. And over the past years, Linda has successfully trained and competed more than 100 horses. She has given her wealth of experience and knowledge to draw from. Linda has uh, trained horses with such world-renowned riders as Mark Todd, Lucinda Green, uh, John McPherson and Peter Gray and on and on and on. And in 1991, Linda obtained her thoroughbred trainer's license and she's had many uh, race winners as well. So we love having Linda on. She knows a little bit about everything. And today she is speaking about conditioning the event horse at the lower levels. So we're going to be back with Linda about that in just a second. But first I wanted to say, you know, you've been out riding for a little bit now in the spring and those, uh, those breeches and that tack that you've been using and you had put away for the winter, you're discovering is not as in good a shape as you thought it might be. So it's time to replace it. And of course, the place you do that is equestriancollections.com. You can find over 300 different brands there, tens of thousands of products. They have Basically, if you need it, they have it, whether it's for your horse or for you or for your family, whatever it is, check to Equestrian Collections first. And they have a coupon right now exclusively for the Horse Radio Network. You just put in radio show, all one word radio show at checkout in the coupon section, and in and you will receive $10 off your next order of $120 or more. So when you're looking to replace some of that show clothing, some of that tack, you can do so right at equestriancollections.com and get that $10 off for being a listener of the Horse Radio Network. Remember, put radio show, all one word, at checkout. Well, hi, Linda, and welcome back to Horse Tip Daily. Good afternoon, Glenn. Glad to be back. Well, it's good to have you on again. And and uh, today we're talking about the last couple of tips we did, which people can check back to horsetipdaily.com and look on the left-hand side of the page under uh, under Linda Halk, and you'll find her, her last tips on buying and selling horses. But today we're going to talk about something a little different. Yes, today we're going to talk about conditioning the event horse, and we're going to talk more specifically to the lower-level horses. Okay. And of course, my wife was an eventer. That's uh, as a horse husband. That is the first thing I witnessed as far as a horse competition was concerned, was a lower level event. And I always kid with my poor wife who went off course in cross country and went into the neighboring field and came back and got disqualified, that that was the first thing I saw uh, her do. Um, She got better after that. So... (laughs) Oh, good. Well, glad to hear she stayed with us. Oh, yeah. Sport. She Great she actually sport. was an A-pony clubber. I think she was a little nervous to have her new boyfriend there. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> but well, uh, I'm a, you, you were an eventer, too, right? How long have you been eventing? My first event was back in 1978. Oh, so you've been doing it for a little while. Yeah, I was on the junior team for Ontario back in 83, and I went up to the advanced level and uh oh so you were jumping the big jumps 
Yeah, back when we still had the steeplechase face. Those are the ones that give horse husbands conniptions. I can't watch those. I'm sorry. I just I can't do it. Um, when she got up to the higher level jumps, it was like, okay, just tell me when you're done. Because I just couldn't yeah, do call, it. Yeah, call me when I know you're safe. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, if you get back in one piece, let me know. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> All right, so you were an upper level, upper, upper level eventer, and so you know a little bit about conditioning event horses. Absolutely, absolutely. And I'm also a, a level two coach for eventing and a level two technical delegate for the sport of eventing. So I've seen a few changes over the years, but, it, but conditioning the event horse is pretty much something that, that needs to be done regardless of whether we were eventing 30 years ago or you know, 20 years ago or, or today. And regardless of whether there's the short format or the long format, that horse still needs to be in shape. Absolutely, Glenn. Absolutely. You know, fit horses are braver, and they they typically suffer less injuries. And the cross-country is done uh, at the gallop, which isn't typically a pace that we we train for, but we can do it with our our slow, long-distance work to get them fit for that cross-country phase. So I don't, I don't know how you wanted to do this because we really didn't talk about it ahead of time. Can you give us an idea of what a, and I don't mean, I mean a Reader's Digest version, of what a typical week in the training of an event horse will be? Well, for sure. Here, I can speak to, um, you know, here in Ontario where we've given our horses some time off, no different than, you know, down in the States as well. After our last event, November, December's quiet. So, Middle of January, typically the horses start back up into work, and we give them that, that six weeks of base, you know, walk, trot, some hacking, cantering work, and maybe we've started some jumping. So a typical day would be Monday would be a flat day. Uh, always start off the week on a, on, a, uh, on a day where you're working on the basics of your flat work, which are always conducive to jumping. Your circling, your transitions, your, your ability to change pace within the stride. Tuesday could be a gymnastic day, trotting full work, gymnastic work. That helps both the horse and the rider develop their confidence in their position. Wednesday might be another flat day. Thursday, again, depending on your horse, the age, the temperament, what level you're competing at. Thursday could be another jump day. As opposed to your gymnastic day that you did earlier in the week, it might be more of let's work on courses, let's work on lines, let's work on our turns. And then Friday, again, another kind of a flat day. And then one day a week, we, take, we typically do our conditioning day. And for me, that's been pretty standard over the years. And I was a, I'm a big fan of Lucinda Green, and she always was a, um, uh, a supporter of the interval training system that Bruce Davidson developed, actually. Yep, that's right. Yeah, and, okay. you know, that's where, that's where we'll start with a 15 to 20-minute warm-up, and it just needs to be at the walk, the trot, a little bit of hill work if you're outside, if you're down in the States, but if you're in Canada, you're still in an indoor arena until April. And after you do that initial warm-up, you're going to start some cantering sets. They're not galloping sets, but they're cantering sets. And for me, this is huge, and there's, you know, there's different ways of, uh, of, of fitting up horses, and I totally appreciate that. Some people will trot their horses to get them fit and do trotting sets. But for me, I've always done the cantering sets. That's the pace that your horse competes at. How can a rider help to develop their core and their cross-country position if they're not working on that cantering pace? So what we do in those intervals is, depending on your level, 
we might do an interval of a minute, minute and a half. Lower level people, they don't need to have their horses really fit. But they'll canter for a minute and a half after their warm-up. They'll walk for three minutes. They'll change direction. They'll canter again for, let's say, a minute and a half. They'll walk, and then they'll do their final interval set of a minute and a half. And then when they're done that final set, then they'll cool their horse out, and that could be finishing it off on a hack. And again, but what this allows us to do is it develops the rider's position, and it, and it starts to get a base level of fitness on our horses. And what we see today, which is vastly different from 20 years ago, is the use of our crossbreeds and our warm bloods in the sport of eventing. Right. And up here in Ontario, we get quite a few of the draft crosses. And they aren't meant to do the cantering cross country. They really, it's, it's, I, I think they're really cute to watch, but they've got that kind of awkward cantering stride. You know, at least doing your cantering sets inside, preparing for the season, they get to work on that too. Right. Not to mention all of this helps get you in shape for the... <laughs> well, again, you're absolutely right. That's where I have a little bit of a difference in thinking, well, trot sets are great, and there's definitely people out there that will do just the trot sets. But again, a bit of a background for me with galloping thoroughbreds at the racetrack, boy, there's nothing better to develop your core muscles than staying in a two-point two or three-point galloping position off your horse's back. And you know what's funny is that uh, regime you just... that the system you just said is the same way you when we trained for i used to run 5k runs when i was much younger and thinner um but we used to train the same thing i mean it was the same way for runners it's it's how we trained we trained in interval training as well Um, and you didn't do it you didn't do it at your race pace did you no Mm -mm. no you did that one day a week we would do that one day a week um, Absolutely. but the rest of the time was that interval training and it was not it. It was at, at, at what, what we used to say, uh, we used to do it at, at, uh, at 70, at 70%. Um, and we never did, you never did the hundred percent, but that one day a week or one day every two weeks even, uh, because it, you, it, you're tired. I mean, your, your muscles are tired and you need recovery time after that. Uh, yeah. which yeah. is what. Exactly. Which is why you're doing the consistent training like you are, not not the speed training necessarily every time. So how often would you do, we used to, as I said, as runners, we used to do it once a week, maybe once every two weeks. At what, and I know racehorses is, is, are like that as well. So what do you do with the event horse? How often do you do that at, you know, at speed training? Well, Glenn, for any of your horses that are going up to, let's say, preliminary, even intermediate, and again, depending on, on the breed, once a week is typically good enough. Okay. That's what I thought. Okay, cool. All right. Anything else? Well, there's lots, lots of little things that one needs to take into consideration when you start doing your, your conditioning of the event horse. Take into consideration the age. A youngster will start uh, starting off in the game. They're going to take a little bit longer sometimes to get to get fit for the sport of eventing than an older horse that's been doing it for years. you got to take into consideration the breed. A warm blood or a draft cross, again, they might take a little bit longer to get to, get, uh, to where your, your goal is. A really good thing that I, I should have mentioned off the top was you need to keep a journal, and I tend I to work I was just going to say that, actually. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, and that is probably one of the most important things, is you journal everything that you're doing. So you pick the event that you want to start your season at, and you work backwards from that. 
so you'll, you'll factor in your cross-country schooling days, which count as a galloping day. Your horse shows can count towards as a galloping day, a conditioning day. And you work back your two to three months, and you'll see where you need to be by when. And that's really important because as you're journaling, you're also keeping track of, did I have to increase my horse's feet at any time? Uh, did I have any setbacks due to a small injury? Um, how did he handle those interval sets? Because that's the other big thing is we have to listen to the horse. There's been times when I haven't been able to get that third set in totally. He was backing off the, the bit. He, you know, I had to push more than anything. So it's like, you know what? You're two and a half or better than, than, uh, than nothing. So next week, more often than not, they're able to complete that third interval set. But as you go through um, the weeks, you'll start in increasing that set. And, and typically for anyone that's doing training level here in Ontario, three sets of three-minute canters are plenty. And again, we're doing that at just a bit more than a, than a show jump pace, 375 meters per minute. But I'm telling you, it puts on a great base for the horses and for the riders so that when you get out to your first competition, you've got that core strength. You've got that ability to hold yourself in a galloping position without getting tired. That's great. I mean, I think that's that sounds right. That sounds uh, like what I've seen so many of the successful riders doing. Um, and yeah, and they're doing it with multiple horses every day. So the journal is very important. It's very important to them. You know, with the professional riders, it's very important to them and their grooms that uh, to know exactly what what they did every day. And you know, you may think, well, I'm going to remember this. You don't. I mean, you're going to get two weeks down the line. You're not going to remember what you did two weeks ago, which is why that journal is so important. Yeah, you're going to look back as you're going into your cantering set, your conditioning day going, geez, did he give me a full third interval or did I not get quite? Or did he do it well? Did he do it handily? Was he pulling me around? You know, if you've got a horse that, you know, is obviously on the muscle, then depending on what goal you're headed towards, you might be able to move up your intervals a bit quicker. But the bottom line, and I think you'd agree with me, Glenn, is you're always listening to what your horse is telling you. Yep. And you'll know, you know your horse better than anyone. So mm-hmm, absolutely. You know. All right, very good. Where can people find out more about your you as a trainer and also your really cool product? Well, I'm an Ontario-based trainer, so my training website is tapestryequine.ca and this persuader spur that I've uh, developed, you can see more about that at www.persuader.com. All right, very good. Well, we appreciate you being on again and we look forward to having you back. Thanks so much, Glenn. Love love to be here. Thank you to Linda for joining us. We appreciate her stopping by here on a regular basis with all of her tips. And we'll be back again tomorrow with another new expert and a different horse tip. Until then, stay safe, everyone. The Horse Radio Network and the Horse Radio Network hosts are not responsible for statements of guests or their opinions. Use your own judgment when listening to the tips provided by the experts on Horse Tip Daily.